You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to episode 94 of the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me. The Eagles are 3-0, and just coming off of a dominant, dominant performance against Carson Wentz's Washington Commanders. The Phillies are still flirting with disaster and have not given themselves much room for error in their pursuit of the final wild card spot in the Major League Baseball playoffs. They got a game and a half on the Brew Crew, and they have a game and a half behind the second spot, which is held by the San Diego Padres. So, the Phils are flirting with a little bit of disaster. There's about 10 games left in the regular season for them. We will discuss all of that as this podcast progresses, and we got a little bit of Sixers coming back to training camp. We won't really discuss too much other than the fact that they're back. They're doing interviews. They're taking pictures, and everyone's going to get excited again. I am here to throw a large bucket of water on that excitement. Well, I mean, I I shouldn't say that, but it's just, I mean, come on. It's still September. I'm not going to get too excited about this team's uh, prospective chances and what are they going to do this season. Look at all the changes they've made. And, and, I mean, how many times can you sell me the same thing and expect a different result? How many times can can I... not blame myself for getting invested in a team that has constantly come up short and failed on the biggest stages and they have not seen a third round or or the conference finals in this whole you know process error per se and they haven't been to the conference finals since Iverson was on the team so uh, it's just it is hard for me to get too excited about them especially in September I have to wait till I see a couple basketballs being dribbled and Things of that nature. So let's not get into that too much. Let's go right back to our Philadelphia Eagles. A positive note in the Philadelphia sports world. Another dominant win for the Eagles. A game where they won by double digits. Monday night uh, against the Vikings last week. They won 24-7. This week they win 24-8. Back-to-back dominant defensive performances. That is not to take away from the performances that Jalen Hurts and the offense have had. Uh, Incredible first halves in both games for them. The second half, they have not scored a touchdown nor a field goal in either game. So, little, little cause for concern, but they have not needed it. The Eagles sat Carson Wentz nine times in this football game on Sunday afternoon in Landover, Maryland. I mean, not only was his offensive line crumbling around him, but he was holding onto the ball. It was a typical, classic Carson Wentz performance. Although he did not turn the ball over as much as we are, you know, used to. He did fumble once and lose it. He was able to not turn the ball. Like I just said, not able to turn the ball over as much. But it did not result in any sort of positive effect for his football team. It doesn't really matter much when you are getting sacked nine times 
and four in the first quarter of the football game. Brandon Graham himself had two and a half sacks. Reddick had one and a half sacks. Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, but all had one and a half. And add a Javon Hargrave sack as well as a TJ Edwards sack. Carson was getting hit from all angles. And it was fast and furious. He seemed like he was overwhelmed and underwater the entire game. His offensive line was folding up around him. He was getting pressure from up the middle, down along the sides. There was not really anywhere for him to escape. They kept him in that pocket, and eventually that pocket would collapse play after play after play, and there's not much you can do when that's happening to you on such a consistent basis. The Eagles, uh, their offense sort of sputtered to begin the game. I mean, they did not score a touchdown until the second quarter. They scored all 24 points in the second quarter for this game. The backbone of this team for quite a few years now, especially since Jalen Hurts has taken over as quarterback, has been the run game. And that was essentially halted on Sunday. They were only able to gain 72 yards total as a team, which is very unlike the Eagles. Uh, Sanders, 46. Hurts only had 20 yards on nine attempts. And Gainwell only had six. And no one else was really able to pick up any. No, not really. No one was able to pick up any more yards. So it was a game where the commanders basically essentially forced Jalen Hurts to beat them, beat them with his arm. And he was able to do that. That is something I kind of talked about last week where these teams are going to hem him in. They're going to keep him in the pocket. And he is going to be forced to beat them with his arm. He was able to do that, especially in that second quarter. I thought the play calling, for the most part, was pretty good. I did not like that fourth down reverse to Zach Pascal, although he may have been able to pick it up had he just kept running to the outside. He just stopped and tried to dive it in, which resulted in a turnover. I am still... A little concerned about the offense and just how hot and cold they seem to be in certain spots. The play calling as well, uh, the Dallas Goddard screen, great play call, great uh, execution of the play call. Uh, I mean, you know, you got Jalen Hurts standing in the pocket hitting A.J. Brown down the field. You got him hitting Devontae Smith and Devontae Smith making circus catch after circus catch after circus catch going up. And getting it over two guys, uh, jumping over a guy in the end zone, uh, a ball down the sideline where he's dragging his feet, and he may or may not have been in. They rush to the line and get the playoff. That it was just all incredible, and what a incredible performance from Devontae Smith. And that guy deserves all the credit in the world for the way he played on Sunday afternoon. We have been waiting since they drafted him for a performance similar to what he was able to display on Sunday. You can look back at last year. A lot of his bigger games came in losses. The Chargers, the game against KC at 7-122. But this is the first time that he was able to sort of just... It just felt, at while you were watching it, like a dominant, unstoppable wide receiver out on the perimeter that there was nothing the other team could do about. Now, I know Washington didn't have their second cornerback playing, and you can attempt to take away from it, but I am not going to do that. What I saw from him, he probably could have done to most cornerbacks in the NFL. He just was... It seemed like he was... Not not to use a cliche, or like I kind of tweeted this out, but to he was Madden X-Factor. Like, he just... X-Factor was activated... A uh, game breaker from the NFL street days, and there was nothing that the other team could do to stop him.
especially on that last drive of the second half. I mean, even just basically the whole second quarter, he was just locked in. And he was, they started to do it. I mean, obviously he didn't have a catch in that Detroit game. The Minnesota game, he was a little bit more active. Uh, you know, they, they started to find him a little bit more. But this game was it seemingly like a coming out party of sorts where there was nothing the other team could do to stop him. Uh, you know, in that Minnesota game, he was able to get seven catches, eight, you know, 80 yards, which is a solid, solid performance. This game was just uh, otherworldly and on another level. So uh, not not to mention that it was in a winning effort. So it means that much more. It looked like Devontae Smith in Alabama playing my Notre Dame Fighting Irish and just dominating every single time he touches the ball. That's what it felt like on Sunday afternoon, especially in that second quarter. And if he is going to get activated, it seems like the problem for opposing defenses is who are you going to decide to limit or shut down or you know lean the defense towards because you can worry about A.J. Brown, but then there's Devontae Smith on the other side, and the same goes for if you're going to worry about Devontae Smith, who's very much an elite. Uh, uh, you know, perimeter talent the same the same as AJ Brown. You got to pick one or the other. You got to pick your poison on who you're gonna kind of uh, shade the defense towards. And then if you are worried about the perimeter and you know on either sides of the field, you got Dallas Goddard who you can drop a screen off to and he'll run right into into the end zone. He's not an easy guy to bring down. The Eagles have weapons, man. They they and that we talked about it all off season long, but the Eagles are a legitimate force. And I know before the season, I gave out 13-4, and four, and we talked about all the talent they had on the, the both lines of scrimmage. We talked about all of this. We, we kind of projected how this team could be, and we said, I said, it comes down to Jalen Hurts and how much better he has gotten, the steps he has made, the progressions he has made in his game. And I'll tell you what, guys, I am not 100% sold yet just due to the fact that we are talking about games where we played the Commanders and the Lions, although the Lions look like they're pretty good, I, I don't want to I don't want to disrespect them or sh- you know call throw any shade their way. They they have hung around with both us and the Vikings, and they were able to take care of business against the Commanders. But Jalen Hurts looks like he has improved mightily since last season, especially with his play inside the pocket and his ability to just roll out of the pocket and make plays down the field and not just tuck it and run every time, which has always been my biggest criticism of him, where he was not willing to look down the field and make plays with his arm and was always only willing to make plays with his legs and only trusted his legs to make plays and I've always said that that can only get us so far. There is a limitation to how far that will take you. Sunday was another example of him rolling out, finding you know AJ Brown down the field, finding Quez Watkins down the field, getting drawing pass interference plays, and even him not even rolling out of the pocket, him standing in the pocket and hitting Devonte Smith on a perfect pass down the field, uh, hitting AJ Brown in stride down the field. His ball. His long ball is accurate, and it comes out quick, and he is not having trouble getting that ball down the field. There is no questions about arm strength or accuracy right now. Now, there are still some some, some plays where, you know, I think there's a play Devontae Smith's come across the field. He threw behind him a little bit. There's going to be those plays, 
and I'm not unrealistic and expect him to be perfect all the time, but I have been very, very uh, excited and impressed with what he's what he's shown us so far this season. Again, now I see people are saying, oh, it's over. The, con- the conversation for what they're going to do at quarterback is over. Lock Jalen Hurts up and yada, yada, yada. I'm not there yet. I- I- I'm very close. I'm not going to lie. But I-, I would like to see him do this against some of the more stout talent or the more elite teams in the NFL because you could still make the argument that he has not really beaten the best that the NFL has to offer. So this weekend, you could not. It's not really going to be a game where you know Jacksonville, although two and one, there is still a team that nobody really, truly takes serious. I think the next time that he will get that opportunity. I mean, the Cowboys game, no matter who is starting a quarterback, will be a huge feather in the cap if they are able to take care of business there. I think the biggest game will probably be that Sunday night against the Packers. I know it's a long ways away around Thanksgiving by the time he will get to truly prove himself. And I know that kind of sounds crazy, but I think that something like that would go a long way to silencing the haters or the detractors like the Emmanuel Achos of the world who are making who are making those ridiculous internet arguments saying that he's not good or this team Jalen Hurts isn't legit because he hasn't really beaten any of the top level quarterbacks that the NFL has to offer the Aaron Rodgers the Tom Brady's the Herberts the you know you can name all the names that you want that's that that was the argument essentially that he was laying down on whatever show he's on on FS1 or Fox or whatever channel that is but even a even a game not this Sunday, but next Sunday against the the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, who, although the Cardinals I think are one and two, I think going head to head with him could go a long way. I, I I mean, last year he, or I'm sorry, in his rookie season he went head to head with him and was toe to toe until the very end where we just kind of came up short. That that was a game when we watched it and in, in, in real time we were like, wow, like. Jalen Hurts might be legit, you know. Jalen Hurts might be something that you can build, build your build a fr- like. I know it's crazy to say that, but when you're starting to see these initial games, you're when Carson Wentz is getting benched and whatnot, you're waiting to see flashes of brilliance and, and what are we really going to give up on our former franchise quarterback for a, for a guy we just drafted in the second round. And when you're seeing games like that Cardinals game a few years ago, you're like, okay, like this guy is this guy can make plays. He was so young in his development, he really hadn't even developed as a passer. Now, seeing that Jalen Hurts and seeing the guy who was just playing on Sunday is miles and miles and miles of difference, and he's gotten so much better inside the pocket and as a as well just a a, a quarterback. And you all know for if you've listened to this podcast and you've heard my Eagles you can go back and listen to last year's and even in the offseason when I would talk about the Eagles I have not been the biggest Jalen Hurts guy I I will admit it 100% I have looked for other options I've wanted them to trade for quarterbacks and I've wanted them to draft quarterbacks I have made all those different arguments on many different occasions but I I want him to be good I do because it is the easiest path to success for our team for our franchise we can use those picks for other things. You never know what quarterback is going to be available on the trade market. 
You know, the, the years like where Russell Wilson is available don't come all the time. And even when you trade for Russell Wilson, your offense can barely score 10 points. That you know, Nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. You can have all the high draft picks you want, but if you pick a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, there's no guarantee that they come in and they are better than Jalen Hurts or, or they take your, your team or your franchise to the next level. There are no guarantees. So if we have something in-house that can take us to the next level and he just can continue to get better and better as a, as a passer and as a quarterback, I will take that option over the alternative nine times out of ten. Ten times out of ten, pretty much. That is the easiest route to success, the quickest way to victory. We won't have to wait for someone to develop or get better. It is going to happen within the same timeline as the rest of this team. This team is right now built for success in the immediate, in 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 the right now, in the present, and in the future. They have draft picks to build this team up around. They have players who are ready to win now. They have grizzled vets on the defensive line like we can go through it every single week this team is legit and they are a legitimate legitimate Super Bowl contender and they are as it stands right now and in the present they are the best team in in the NFC and that is no bias but the only negative you can say about them and I and you know me I'm always here to uh be the realist (laughs) uh, if I can be is that they haven't, their strength of competition has not been great. That is going to be something that kind of hinders them all season long because their their, their, their schedule is not that tough and you're not going to run into a ton of tough games. And the fact that their offense, especially in these last two games, is kind of hit or miss hot and cold. That has been the only thing that has really sort of worried me. Only scoring 24 points in these last two games, kind of counting on your defense to hold up their end of the bargain. There is going to be a time where the defense, like especially in that Detroit game, is not able to hold up their end of the bargain. And the offense is going to have to step up. And I just haven't liked what I've seen from, you know, 24 points is not going to be enough to hang with the heavyweights of the NFC, the Rams, uh, when the Buccaneers get going. I'm not sure what to make of the Packers so far, but especially those teams out in the AFC, the Bills, the Dolphins, uh, the Chiefs. I, I, you know, the, even the chart. There's teams out out west and uh, out in that in the AFC that can put up points. And if we're going to win the Super Bowl, we're going to need to be able to hang with them, or this defense is going to need to play out of their minds. In order for us to win, so but I don't want to gra- I don't want to jump ahead too far and start talking about all that. That is a real possibility for this team. The Philadelphia Eagles are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They are a team that will be in the playoffs, barring a massive meltdown or something of that nature. They are the best team in their division, whether Dak is healthy or not. The Eagles have just continued to impress me. In, di- in many different ways, and many different facets, and I am this close to jumping on and getting on board to the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. I'll be the last guy in the, in the very caboose of the train. But my 13-4 and four and my, my prediction of a Super Bowl berth is very much alive, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the defense has taken those strides that we talked about with this personnel and all the different... Uh, additions they've made 
and the fact that Jalen Hurts has progressed throwing the football and beating these teams from the pocket. He has made this offense extremely deadly, and again, to just wrap this up, I would just like to see them do it against better competition. I'd like to see them do it for longer stretches of the game. Uh, it was good to see this past weekend that just because the run game wasn't working, that that doesn't shut down the rest of the offense. Obviously, like I said, the backbone of this uh, team and this offense is going to be the run game, so they will have to get that going again. But it was good to see them put up some crazy passing numbers on Sunday, especially getting Devontae Smith going with a 8-catch, 169-yard, 1-TD performance. Huge fantasy day. Five catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown for A.J. Brown. Uh, I'm sure they'll start getting Dallas Goddard more involved when they need to. The Birds have a home game next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 2-1. and one. Doug Peterson comes back to town. The Jaguars have sort of overperformed uh, so far in this early season. They were able to go into Los Angeles last week and take care of business and dominate the Chargers. Justin Herbert, obviously with the rib, not healthy, what whatnot, but Trevor Lawrence has looked good so far in in their you know in their early season. Doug Peterson seems like he has the run game going, something he was able to do here in Philadelphia as well. Trevor Lawrence looks like he is worth every bit of the hype that he received coming into the NFL draft, the former number one pick. He was the greatest prospect since this and that, and he can move, he can run, he's smart, he can do everything. He looks like he is every bit of that player and some. So the Eagles will not... Uh, we'll not have an easy test coming in here on Sunday. It is no by no means uh, the W or the easy win that many, including myself, probably projected before the season. But it should be an exciting game, and I am looking forward to the first uh, day game here in Philadelphia. It is always fun to go down and hang out before the game, and uh, I hope everyone out there enjoys the festivities. So... Let's keep it moving on to our Philadelphia Phillies, who, as I discussed, are a game and a half above the Milwaukee Brewers and a game and a half behind the San Diego Padres. That third spot is where I want them going into the playoffs. I want to go to St. Louis. I want a three-game matchup with the St. Louis Cardinals for the wild card round. The Braves this past weekend, now they are a team that if we were to get that second spot, we would match up against. The Phillies actually held their own this past weekend, which is kind of the first time they've been able to do so. They won the first two games, a one nothing battle. Ranger Suarez gave us six strong innings. Max Freed gave them five, was not able to go that long into the game. And then Friday, you got Aaron Nola giving you six strong, and the Phillies are able to get Odorizzi out of there by the fourth inning. He gives up eight earned runs. The offense got activated early on in typical Phillies fashion, scored all of their runs early on in the game, and then went silent for the rest of the game, but nine was enough to get it done. Saturday was a Bailey Falter game, a sort of a throwaway game. That Thankfully, they had won the first two. They were still in this game up until the very end, but they were not able to Close that gap, that six-run gap that they had given up early on in the game. They gave up 14 total hits. The Phillies only had three hits for the whole game. That is not going to get it done. That is not going to win you many baseball games. And then Sunday, 
a game they were definitely in and should have probably won, but went 11 innings. They were not able to scratch across the run there in the ninth, or I'm sorry, ninth, tenth, or eleventh. And the Braves were eventually able to break through. Ronald Acuna singles home a run, as did Michael Harris the second, who has shown himself to be a very promising young player for the Atlanta Braves. And the Phillies just come up short again. Probably would be in a much better situation playoff-wise had they had won at least one of those games. But going into the, the this series, I told you all, at the very least, they had to win one of these games. They were able to split the series with them and win two. I can't complain all that much. They have put themselves in a hole based off how they've played this last month. Not necessarily a hole, but made this last week a little bit more stressful and difficult than it needs to be. So this week, uh, tonight, they will open up a series in Chicago against the Chicago Cubs. They do not have another home game for the rest of the season. And the next time they may be playing home is if they make the playoffs, make the NLDS, if they're able to take care of business in St. Louis against the Cardinals, then they would have a Game 3 in Philadelphia. Or we'd have to wait until April of 2023 to see them at home. They have a series against the Cubs, like I said. Tonight is Zach Wheeler against Marcus Stroman. Tomorrow night, it is Aaron Nola against a man named Hayden Wisniewski. Which, you know me, if you re- if you listen to the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast, not the greatest with the names. Ranger Suarez and Javier Assad for the Thursday night game. So the Phillies have their big guns pitching in this game, and then they will have... A four-game set in Washington, and by then they should be in good shape to take care of business and close this thing out and get themselves locked into a playoff spot for the first time in 11 years. Over a decade it has been since the Philadelphia Phillies have played October baseball, and not just October baseball, that's playoff October baseball. We will take a look at the Brewers now who have a series against the Cardinals this week, a three or I'm sorry, a two game set against the Cardinals and then they will travel they, these are all at home, I'm sorry. So this will be a two games against the Cardinals and then four games at home against the Marlins and then they will finish up with a three game against the Diamondbacks at home. So the big difference is the Phillies are going to have to travel and they will be on the road for the next week or so, week week plus playing all these teams. The Brewers will be at home, and they will be playing the Cardinals and Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, similar competition, but the Diamondbacks have played much better here in the second half than they were playing in the first half. They dug themselves quite a hole. Zach Allen has been incredible in the second half, and is a long ways away from when I was in the uh, stadium watching him get blown up and get out of there by the third. So the Phillies, frankly need to take care of business here in Chicago, and they definitely need to take care of business against the Washington Nationals. Good thing is, you know, you have Zach Eflin, who has been brought into the fold and is now pitching out of the bullpen and has given you some effective innings out of the bullpen, uh, given you one inning here, one inning there. They've not really extended him all that much, and I'm sure the more innings he's able to, or, you know, the more appearances he makes, the more innings he'll be able to throw in said appearances. You're going to get Nick Castellanos back, who's been activated from the injured list and will now 
I believe, joined the team in Chicago, and I'm pretty sure he'll probably play tonight. Uh, but I guess we will find out soon enough. Things are looking up for our fills. So let's just we'll leave it there. Uh, we, the, the the table is set. Everything you know, everything you need to know going into this last week. The Phillies just need to take care of business against what's in front of them. They don't need to worry about what the Mar or the 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 Brewers are doing against the Marlins or you know taking care of business against the Diamondbacks. Let's hope that it they are able to dominate the Cubs and Nationals, and it does not come down to that series against the Astros. But the good thing in that series will be that. The Astros' position is set in stone. They have the best record in the AL. They will not have the best record in the major leagues, which is held by the Los Angeles Dodgers. So they do not have much incentive to be playing hard or playing all their starters and whatnot. So things are looking good for our Phillies. It is time for them to turn it on and get ready and get activated for playoff mode. Uh, Red October is right around the corner. It, it could be, and I'm just hoping that they take care of business against teams that they definitely should take care of business against, and then we can talk next week about how we match up against the Cardinals in a three-game set, and who's going to pitch, and how are we going to be able to hit their guys, and how exciting it's going to be, and whatnot. So looking forward to it. I'm very, very excited about our fills. We got the Sixers who are coming back to trading camp. P.J. Tucker wearing his Sixers jersey. You got Montrez Harrell. Uh, you got James Harden who looks like he's in great shape. You have Maxi. You have Embiid who looks like he is still in great shape. The same, same way he was last year. Like I said, I'm not going to get too excited about guys putting their jersey on for the first time in months who have continuously melted down in the playoffs embarrassed me as a Sixers fan, blamed everyone but themselves. Uh, they have a head coach who hates me as a fan. It's just They are a team that, in some aspects, makes them very difficult to root for. I am hoping for the best from, from James Harden. I'm hoping he's in, in good shape, great shape, uh, come time to play in, in actual games. But the unfortunate thing about the Sixers at this point is that I truly do not care what happens in the regular season. They can be the number one seed. They can win this game. They can win that game. They can look this great. They can look bad. It it it, it really doesn't matter because year after year, no matter what happens in the regular season, they have folded in the playoffs. They have melted down. Embiid has gotten hurt. Uh, the, the, the counterpart to him has not held up their end of the bargain. It's just year after year we have run into the same sort of roadblocks and things that have held us back. So I have a little trepidation getting too excited or getting worked up about a team in September that has let me down in April and May. <laughs> Forget about June. So we are a ways away from me getting worked up and excited about the Philadelphia 76ers, but it is good to see them come back. I, I'm sure by the time they actually start playing games and, and they're they're out there uh, in a Wednesday night TNT against the Bucks, I'll be I'll be pumped up. You know the Celtics won't have a head coach. Uh, things maybe wor- might work out their way in the East. The Nets will be a problem this season. Uh, they 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 will present a problem for every team in the East, especially us, 
when they didn't even have Ben Simmons and we were getting dominated by them last last year. So we shall see. I'm not going to get too into uh, NBA or basketball talk. My voice is starting to just disintegrate as I sit here. Couturier is going to be out for the season probably. Ryan Ellis is already out for the season. Uh, the Flyers are going to be horrific this season. It's going to be an absolute joke. I hope that tickets drop to historically low prices so I can get in there for free, basically. And I'll go watch the orange and black. But until then, I'm not going to get too excited or worked up. So that will wrap it up here for the Hot Take Hotbox. We'll be back by the end of this week for another episode. We will have some Shoulder Strikes MMA talk. We have another UFC coming up this weekend. Mackenzie Dern and Yang Zhanan, I believe, is fighting this weekend. So it is not a big-name card, but that is uh, another opportunity. Whenever there's a UFC card, we will have another opportunity to make some money. We will have a college football picks podcast if J-Pav and the boys don't go radio silent on me. And then we will have another Hot Take Hot Box because that's just what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for joining me. I will see you all very soon.